Good morning and welcome to Black and White Brunch episode four. I originally was going to call it episode three because it's been so long since I recorded one of these. I thought I had only done two. Turns out we've actually done three of them. So the issue we're going to be looking at today is Ninja number one. This was put out by Eternity Comics. Would have paid a dollar eighty for this if you were in America and two fifty if you were in Canada. So this book came out in 1986. Like I said, it was published by uh, Eternity Comics out of Boulder, Colorado. First thing when you open it up, there is a note from Martin Birkenwald, who is the editor, and it says, From Me to Eternity. So I'm guessing that's going to be his Stan's soapbox sort of a thing each issue. So Eternity Comics, proud of our part in this, the new golden age of comics. Now remember, this is 1986. 1986 was one of those years where the black and whites were doing very well. You print a black and white book, it was kind of like a hot investment commodity. And this is one of those things that happened because the turtles were such a popular item and so valuable at the time, those early issues. So here's what uh, Martin says. At the end of the summer, I was talking to one of the workers in the Golden Apple, a Los Angeles comic store. We were discussing the number of different titles they had on display. The racks extended yards down one wall, turned 90 degrees, and filled a second side of the store. Big press, small press, black and white, color, full color, laser color, graphic novels, row after row of different comic books. There were more different titles on the market now than there have been since and perhaps during the golden age of comics 40 years ago. It's a new golden age right now. At this time, the comics industry is changing from just producing publications to acting as publishers. There have never been so many offerings on the market within my memory, and the fruits of this medium have seldom been so sweet. Eternity Comics is happy to be joining in this new golden age. Not only does this seem an auspicious time to be joining the market, but we feel the talent we have signed will produce the kind of comics both you and we want to read. Okay, so the other, the other thing that it has at the beginning, there's a talent search and basically Eternity sounds like it's pretty new at this point. Uh, Eternity would uh, basically either merge into Malibu or become Malibu. I uh, can't remember exactly. I know, for one thing, if I use the CLZ app, Eternity almost always ends up merging into your Malibu comics. But regardless, so let's jump into Ninja. I was going to see if it had a credits page anywhere right off the bat and I did not see one so unfortunately I guess I don't know who I'm going to give credits to on this issue it just says Ninja is a trademark of C.J. Henderson P. Palmer and K. Farrell art so I don't know they didn't do the typical credits like you would have seen in most modern comics so you see a woman she's walking up to a domicile and someone is narrating that Catherine Monroe, this is a girl's file. She's a very special woman. I've watched her. Still, we have a quota of female recruits. Not like this one. Look at the psych profile. She's one of the good ones. Solid. And she wants this, too. Bowman said at the interview, he felt like the Army was the one being recruited. Means nothing. We're still talking at least four years of training. No, she could be field ready in two. Low. Trained by Lo Wee. I thought he had retired. That's her grandfather. Look at her come now. Just look at that walk. So lithe, so razor. She's already perfected all the little things. It's impossible to unlearn. Then why two years? I would think less time. No. 
There's one thing low left for me to teach her. Yes, the hardest thing for the good ones. And what is that hardest thing? It's how to kill. So then you hear this uh, monologue, and you'll hear it again later in the comic. You are here to learn to kill. You will learn to kill with guns. You will learn to kill with knives. You will learn to kill with explosives, screwdrivers, dollar bills, piano wire, broken glass. You will learn to kill with your hands. You will learn to kill with your feet. You will learn to kill with whatever means necessary and available. You will learn this because if when you leave you have not learned how to kill, then you will have learned how to die. And the place she walks into looks like some kind of office. She turns the lights on and she's thinking to herself, I can't believe it. Time to re-enlist. Six years gone. What do I have to show for it? Cuts, bruises, scars, no personal life, no family life, no identity, no freedom. God, be all you can be. Who needs it? I never thought the most interesting time of my life would be over at 24. So she's contemplating an office. And then you turn the page and it says, oh, there's your credits. Well, I'll tell you those in a second. Not like last Thursday. And you see someone in spy goggles going, okay. And there's a huge explosion. The building is uh, blown up. And the name of this issue's story is The Dirty Game, part one. And here's your credits. They were hidden in the graphic. So, you know, sometimes it's easier to see maybe on a color comic. But on the black and white, it was kind of hidden in the side. Written by C.J. Henderson and Peter Palmer. Illustrated by Kevin Farrell and Roy Richardson. Lettered by Gary Fields. Edited by Martin Birkenwald. So we got some of the information just from the indicia. So you have the exploded building. Then you see basically a battle scene. She is with someone. She's kind of in a covert kind of outfit. Baseball cap rolled up sleeves. And it shows her gunning down people who look to be somewhere maybe in an Arabic country. It's pretty nondescript. There is like a scene where she hits a, another soldier in the face with a Uzi on a strap and he's got this giant, uh, I can't think of it, hookah pipe. Yeah, it's huge though. Uh, so then back to street fighting. They show them in some kind of Bronco type vehicle throwing grenades and explosions and shows them jumping out of the Bronco into a helicopter and flying over the city that is now in flames. Kate, and so she's brought back to present time. The general, I'm assuming, has shown up. His name is Paul. And they're going to talk about what's going on and is she ready to recommit to re-enlisting and what is she going to do for her country. Paul says to her, you miss your family, your grandfather. You're tired of hiding who you are. Knowing only strangers, using someone else's name. I know that look. You want to settle down, find a man, have kids, live the happily ever after. And just like the rest of us, you're terrified. The beauty and peace of life is going to escape you. I don't want to con you, Kate. I probably can't. You'll do what's best for you, like always. But there must be a reason for you to choose us. Those six years ago, back, go back and think through from the beginning. I am going to take a sip of coffee. Thank you. Um... We went on a run, not a run. I can't run this day and age anymore. My knees are too bad. We went on a walk this morning, so I'm just now getting my second cup of coffee. Okay, so what got her there six years ago? We see her out on a lawn with a gentleman. He is dressed in a Hawaiian shirt, I'll say, in jogging shorts. He's got on sandals, but he has a katana, and he is sparring with 
her out on the front yard with a dog on looking. There are other there are two people inside the house looking on, and this is what they're saying. There's a woman and a man. The woman says she shouldn't do that. It's her graduation day. She should be getting ready. She is, dear, but it's not normal. Your father and I didn't train Kate to be normal. Normal people are victims. With luck, our little girl won't be normal for anyone. You too bad. You too bad? That's weird phrasing. Maybe so, dear, but let's not worry about it now. And you go back outside. Grandfather has got her pinned down with one foot on his her arm. And the katana pointed at her. Very good. You're very good. I'll never be as good as you. That's true. As long as you think that, that'll be so. Maybe you should think something else. Well, Mama wants me to go to grad school. To be what? Another student, I guess. Geez, I don't know. I don't want to be an engineer. Maybe she should have been an engineer. Maybe uh, life would have been easier. My wife's an engineer. Just saying. What do you want? I've been thinking of the military. I don't want to be in an office. I want to do something exciting. What you and I have is so special. I want, well, more. I do not see the problem. But everyone, what do you want? Pa, I can't. Mama really expects every second of every day, everybody does exactly what they want. Why should you be any different? And it shows her going to a military base, getting off of a bus. I wanted training. I got it. 14 hours a day, but I showed them. After six months, I was invited to join the team. I guess they were impressed. So this is what I was saying. I think she's in some kind of special covert ops team, like a G.I. Joe. Turn the page, and once again, you get the same thing. The person is talking to the recruits, and it looks to be there's six of them. There's uh, another woman and four men, so six total. And he gives the same spill that we heard earlier. Ladies and gentlemen, you're here to learn. You're here to learn how to kill. You know, kill with knives, kill with feet, kill with scissors, yada, yada. So, go back to the flashing back of her training. So, the general, or uh, sergeant, I'm guessing, because he's training, so it's probably a sergeant, says, is there something wrong, David? He's talking to a fellow with a jump rope. Something you don't like about jumping rope? Perhaps you don't like it. With one end in each of your hands, per something else, perhaps something else is in order. And he starts like choking him out with it. So she says, he taught us a lot. Well, okay. Here's him speaking again to the recruits. They're all sitting down looking at a chart of guns. Yes, most of you shoot quite well. You'll have luck with your long careers. With the ability to dodge, you'll have longer ones. Identify your enemy's gun and you'll have up to three seconds to decide where the bullets are likely to go. He's the reason I'm probably still alive. And back in the office with Paul. After all that, there's only one piece of good advice I can give you. That's what Paul says to her. She says, well, I do have a week to decide. Kate, there's one more. I wish there was a better time, but I don't want you to hear it from someone else. Andy's been borrowed. Some sort of mix-up at the prisoner exchange in Field 7 two days ago. Two? We were trying to negotiate. They insisted strict internal silence. I couldn't say anything. I still can't officially. Look, Kate, don't worry about the re-up now. I know how close you and Andy were. Were? I meant in school. No, no you didn't. Kate, calm down. Go home. Relax. And you listen to me. You forget all about the re-up for a few days. The other side has. They've just slammed you. They've done something you'll want to even the scales over. I don't want four more years of your life because of two weeks of revenge. You know I'm signing. Then humor me. Take some time. Get reacquainted with your personal life. Do whatever you have to do to unwind. It's better that way. Trust me. Go home. We see her home. She's just gotten a shower. It's raining outside. She's looking at pictures. 
She's looking at a bottle. She smashes the pictures. Relax. Take some time to get reacquainted with your personal life. Do whatever you want to do to unwind. She's asleep on the couch. The phone rings. Hello, Sarge. Yeah, I heard. Half an hour? Sure. Anything to get out of this dump. She hangs up the phone. She has a gun. She puts a cartridge in it. She puts it in her holster. Go home. Yeah, sure. And it shows her leaving her apartment. Downtown, it, it says Locals Dive. That's the name of the bar. That's kind of funny, if not super clever. Kate, you look almost good enough to civilian. I guess that's supposed to be funny. Thanks, Sarge. Kate, know what I can tell you isn't going to make you feel any better. They're going to do their best to cover this one up. If I hadn't been there, I'd have never found out. It was just an ordinary exchange. Garkov for, for Tommy Briggs. She drinks a beer. Garkov just pulled him in last week. There couldn't have been a proper interrogation yet. This whole deal smells fishier than Ship's Head Bay at low tide. Yeah, I know what you mean. Nothing against Tommy or nothing but Garkov is worth ten of him. Sarge, what happened? It was going like normal. And you see a car. And there's two gentlemen. And uh, I'm assuming this is Tommy. Tommy looked real nervous. Andy moved Garkov out in front of him. Then just when they were supposed to swap, something went wrong. The Russians grabbed at their guns and one of them grabbed Tommy. They started backpedaling with Garkov and Andy. They let Biggs go, screamed something about how Andy went for his gun. Andy? They yelled, don't shoot. The exec backed them off like it was just a mistake, something that had to be corrected any second, but it didn't. They just kept backing away. We just kept letting them. And then it was too late. Okay, back at the bar. Well, if that is what happened, it should be easy to get him back. You don't understand, Kate. They're not going after him. That's impossible. Saunders told me negotiations were already underway. They're burying, just like that pilot Foster. I know. I did some checking. Wouldn't be here otherwise. But there must be. She drinks her beer. He drinks his beer. <clears throat> Excuse me. So are we going anywhere? Flip for it. Call it. Heads. Flips the coin. Grabs it. Tails. Gee, I lose. Let's go. You got it. And that is the end of issue number one of Ninja. There is a story that's in here that is, I'm assuming, just kind of like backstory uh, about how they came about the book. Um, honestly, I didn't have time to read it this morning before I decided to record, and I wanted to talk to you guys more than I wanted to read this, this story, to be honest with you. So, we're going to skip that for now. And the first thing we get in the back is an, besides that, rather, is an ad for Eagle Number 2. This is from Crystal Publishing. And that is printed out of New Jersey, so Crystal must have had some kind of deal with Eternity that they would uh, run their ads in the back. And says, Eagle Number 2. In issue number 1, Eagle only had to fight off a thousand ninjas. In issue 2, he finds himself against the deadliest of the species. So, uh, looks like a pretty good issue. Quality black and white book with 32 pages, full color covers. Story and art by Neil D. Vokes and Rich Rankin. Script by Jack Herman. Then you get a really cool two-page spread. This reminded me of the old Kamiko. Uh, they would do kind of what was coming out. This is the Eternity Bulletin Board of Things on Sale Now and Things on Sale Soon. So on sale now, Ninja number one. When one of the suiciders gets captured by the Russians, Frank and Kate go in to rescue him. So that story you just uh, heard, that's basically what was happening in it. Mike's number one. After an absence of 30 years, Honest is the return of the amazing famous Mighty Mites. Gee, ain't it amazing. And it's basically a spoof of the X-Men 
and it says presenting the X Mites. Also on sale now, Earth Lore, Reign of the Dragon Lord number one. Lanhar, half human, half reptilian gargoyle, fights for humanity in a clash of swords and mystic sources, forces. On sale soon, Earth Lore number two. So it's already had a spinoff, and uh, they haven't even published a second issue. That's interesting. Earth Lore 2, Beck Larson wields his laser rifle as he is trapped in a war of witches, savages, and dragons. On sale soon, issue number two of Ninja. The espionage and martial arts action continue as Sarge and Ninja head into Russia to clear Tommy Biggs and save Andy. I hope to discuss that next time, so we should probably uh, talk about that the next go-round we talk to each other. And on sale soon, Ninja Funnies number two. More mystic martial arts mayhem and magic for the discerning fans of Ninja Funnies. So at this point, it looks like Eternity had uh, the Ninja franchise, the Earth Lore franchise, and they were launching the Mighty Mites. I have a couple of issues in Mighty Mites. I have not read them. That could be something we could talk about on this show as well. Next page. I remember these people. Um, direct marketing comic book company. Uh, I feel like I must have seen them a lot like on the back page because I feel like they were always, always in a yellow. But it's uh, some different issues they have for sale. They were a business out of Commerce, California. Don't know if they're still around. This is fun. Six cents each for comic bags and backing boards were 10 cents each. Four dollars for a hundred of the bags and eight dollars for a hundred of the backing boards so let's look at a couple of these prices i just bought somerset homes and paid way more than i would have liked to for it you could have bought this back in the day 1986 that is number one through four i think there's six issues for a buck fifty a piece Raphael number one six dollars and fifty cents i have that one i think i may have the second printing though I don't have Leonardo listed on here. Third printing of Turtles would have cost you five bucks. Uh, let's see, does it have giant size X-Men? It does not, but let's say X-Men number 95 was $29. So I always find that kind of interesting. What was stuff running when something was published? And uh, I was listening to my buddy Ed Moore's podcast the other day. Really good show. That's kind of what got me inspired to come back and record for, for y'all. Um, he was talking about the Komiko uh, titles. And so AZ, which I don't remember, or is it as, Primer and Scrog. Uh, Primer issues one and two were six bucks a piece. So there you go. Final thing, last page, or back cover, however you'd like to say, is a picture of one of the Robotech. I don't remember what those things were called. It was the one that Roy Fokker flew. Um, anyway, the one with the big pirate in- insignia on its... Uh, tummy so it says japanese toys models and books huge selections hundreds to choose from in our mail order catalog send one dollar refundable with first order visit four locations san diego national city point loma hollywood and that is comic castle which is interesting because i had a comics castle that i used to go to growing up not very often mostly had to get books out of the local grocery store or once in a while, I might get lucky enough to uh, hit the Walden books and grab something when we were visiting the mall. But there was a Comics Castle in Macon. I grew up in Perry, and Comics Castle was one of those, you go get your braces done, and you would hope that they were already open, and Mom would let me go get maybe a book or two if I was very lucky. She always would let me get baseball cards because she preferred sports cards, and that was Mom. 
anyway, so thanks for listening to me today. I hope you enjoyed our fourth episode of Black and White Brunch, and I hope to see you again soon.